by Wait, uh, which witch? Uh, the witch is dead. Yeah, but which witch is dead? Oh, your witch. Oh, my witch. Nice. Hello, and welcome to Stream of Consciousness, a radio program made possible through 90.3 KRNU. I'm your host, I'm Ben Kulot. Today, I'm talking with Moss. Hi, Moss. Hi. So this week, Moss and I will be talking about common issues of ours, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy role-playing game where you essentially you make a character and pretend to be that character in various situations, either combat or diplomatic or just any sort of shenanigans shenanigans so many shenanigans mostly shenanigans mostly shenanigans i mean that's mostly it yeah you're it it's mostly just getting together to tell a story with your friends yeah whether you want that to be just like hey we're like outside of the game hey we're hanging out we're having a good time sure let's fight some monsters in this weird little world we've made or whether you want to tell like a long form or short form like cohesive story of like this is a tale of redemption or revenge or just a bunch of guys being weird. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, this is going to be a little bit of a, not sale, but hey, maybe D&D is fun and you should try it. <laughs> hey, you should try Dungeons and Dragons. It's great. Or maybe not Dungeons and Dragons. So oh, yeah. I just thought about Dungeons and Dragons is it falls under the general category of TTRPG, tabletop RPG. And there are a lot of them. Tabletop role-playing games for anyone who doesn't know what an RPG is. <laughs> Just because I didn't. And it took me a little too long to realize tabletop role-playing game is TTRPG. Because just didn't work in my brain like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so tabletop RPG. <laughs> tabletop role-playing game. I feel like we've explained. We can say TTRPG. Yeah. It's fun. Um, is a general category of game. You sit around generally a table, you just kind of get together, and you tell a story. There's uh, dice, you have seven dice in a typical set for Dungeons and Dragons, although I know more, I know there's a lot more that can be used for like counters, there's also less that can be used. Yeah. You can also just make it up on the spot if you want to. So, to kind of go into the dice situation, Dungeons and Dragons, we know, seven set of dice. Fun fact, placed on the platonic solids, one of like the original uh, celestial geometry posed by, I think, Aristotle. But essentially, there are a couple different looks to the dice. There's the D4, uh, D meaning dice, and four meaning the amount of sides on the dice. Essentially the triangle dice, the one you least want to step on. Yeah, so that's just like a little triangular pyramid. Then the D6. What you think of when you think of a die. Yeah. It cube cube the d8 which i've heard referred to as uh two pyramids butt to butt yeah i it, i usually think of it as like it's roughly a diamond or yeah. a rhombus rhombus for people who are who are uh particular about that discourse yeah then the d10 which is a little bit harder to describe it's almost circular it has 10 sides unsurprisingly it feels like the D8, but a little bit buffer. Yeah. The D12, which is a dodecahedron. That's just a fun word to say, dodecahedron. And then 
the classic what most RPG what most tabletop RPGs use if they use it is the D20 system. Uh, D20 is technically an isocosahedron. That's a mouthful. I it's don't a, It's a mouthful. Yeah. But it's 20 sides, it's all triangles. It's a it's like the symbol of a lot of various media you'll see for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Most times if you see Dungeons and Dragons or a lot of TTRPGs, like especially like the, the Etsy merch or just the symbol of it is like that D20. But not all tabletop RPGs uh, use this sort of system. There's a lot of things that use just D6s, just D100s, which is two D10s. I still don't understand how it works. Like, I get how a D100 works. I don't understand how a D100 works. Yeah. And you've been playing for how many years? Uh, Technically six, closer to four. Fair enough. But, so, we have our dice, and we want to tell a story. Yeah. What type of story could we potentially tell? Anything and anything you can imagine. Just... Anything that you and your friends want to come up with. It can be funny. It can be sad. It can be scary. Uh, Literally any story that you guys can imagine, go for it. Lord of the Rings? Any movie could feasibly be a D&D or a TTRPG campaign. I know a lot of people have compared like Guardians of the Galaxy and like loosely the Avengers. Yeah. And it's important to kind of note that you don't have to necessarily do fantasy. There are some TTRPGs that use like a space western or just like guns and ammunition type stuff or purely there's a Star Wars themed D&D setting as well. Yeah, I feel like fantasy and sci-fi, I feel like anything that devolves or like deviates from reality, I feel like it's lumped in with fantasy. and I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's great because any sort of story can be told. There's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons media out there. I'm not going to go too much into it, but there's stuff all the way from your classic high fantasy Tolkien-esque beat the monsters, win the day. There's stuff of Game of Thrones, but with food items. There is dads like normal human dads from our world that gets put into a fantasy setting and they're trying to find their lost sons there's just a whole bunch of what's called actual play podcasts so that's how a lot of people hear about it for the first time exactly so what's an actual play i mean as far as i'm aware actual play is people like actually sitting and down sitting down and recording them playing the game whether it is like live with video whether it's just a podcast Actual play is people actually playing the game and telling the story. And it's a good way, it's a good introduction to learning the rules and learning kind of just... The flow. The flow. Because it isn't a hard game to pick up, but it's also not an easy game to pick up if you don't know where to start. Yeah, I think especially like starting with people that one know the game or just starting with people that you're uncomfortable not knowing the game around is the most important part because if you start and everyone else knows the game and everyone else like knows what they're doing and you're just kind of left in the like um i don't know what to do i don't know where i'm i don't know what i'm doing where what is happening i feel like that could be a huge turnoff and it's like 
this could be a fun thing that you know you probably would enjoy, but getting started is probably the hardest part. It definitely is. The hard part about D&D is not just finding a group, but also keeping that group consistent. So Having people show up. Yes. Uh, we can kind of talk about the general play experience because we've been playing for four years for, at this yeah. point. But essentially... We found our group, or we I made our group, by walking around freshman year of college, finding some friends that I liked, and saying, hey. <laughs> Did like this, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like hand on the shoulder, hey, want to hey. play some D&D? Exactly. And surprisingly, a lot of people are interested in playing Dungeons & Dragons, but there's been a lot of stigma around it for years for many reasons but i was debating calling them good reasons i mean when i think of stigma around D, I think of your typical like 80s satanic panic which i'm not sure is a good reason like when i first mentioned that i played dungeons and dragons with my mom she got so concerned she like like she was brought up in the 80s when that was a big deal she's like isn't that, and this is, not to put my mom on blast, I love my mom, she just, she just doesn't know, so like, her only experience, her only like, real knowledge of it was, I heard it's where bully kids get together and scheme up how to like, or pretend to kill their bullies, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was so genuinely confused, that is what she had, that is her genuine reaction was like, this is where outcasted kids go to I guess, get revenge in her mind. I think for a lot of people, it's just to, I don't know if get away or just get a break. And so it's also a matter of, it kind of is a place where outcasted kids go sometimes. It is a place of community and belonging that is open to a lot of different people. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not... The fantasies that play out there, again, are defined by the group. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure at one point or another, yes, I'm sure some kids have done what my mom has described. I think as D&D has gotten more popular and expanded, I think, yes, there is the typical Tolkien-esque uh, settings and fantasy races and dynamics, because I think that's something that a lot of people, like Lord of the Rings incredibly popular from like the nerdiest of nerds to if you pluck an average person on the street they've probably heard of lord of the rings in some context or another so i think that's the most easily digestible Mm -hmm. i think as the setting and like the fan base expands so has everything about it. it is it's not just you know your elves your humans your your orcs your your gnomes and stuff like that i love to see people getting just weird with it my current character in your campaign, actually, oh, is a living potted plant. <laughs> Named Tui. Named Tui after Audrey Tu from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. I almost, said one, I almost wanted to say Rocky's Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, no. But you can get as silly with it as you are comfortable and as your DM will allow. And I, I'm... A proponent, like, full proponent of shenaniganery. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but I love shenanigans. Get weird with stuff. Just, 
my play style and DMing style is just, let's have fun. I want to tell a fun story with it, and I want to get as wacky, wild, and weird as possible. Yeah. Within some modicum of reason. Mm. Like, there has to be some sort of constraint. Otherwise, this is not cohesive. We can also talk about kind of the differences, because we we're both DMs at this point, mm-hmm. and there is a certain like expectation when it comes to dming the ex the general expectation is what i've done which is we start playing freshman year and it's been a tall overarching journey across the continents fighting monsters and across continents uh, across Uh, one continent continent, yeah (laughs) from one side of the continent to the other but crossing continents fighting monsters journeying journeying into jungles and fighting uh, T-Rexes, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Uh, no dragons yet. I'm looking to fix that by the end of the campaign. Um, but that's what most people expect when they're like, oh, I can't commit to that sort of thing. I can't, I can't do that. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. But there's that isn't the only thing that's available when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons. Absolutely. Uh, I'm running sort of a half-baked... <laughs> Uh, one-shot, two-shot mini campaign thing. So, just a little bit of information. A one-shot is a um, is a session that is planned to be all-inclusive. So, it's a movie. Exactly. You you go in, you spend probably more than an hour and a half to two hours, like a couple of hours. But within that one session, you've you have a story, and it wraps up within that couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, two shot, three shot, you can kind of get the idea of two sessions, three sessions. Mini campaign being, I don't know how many sessions this is going to be. This is not a full campaign. And a session is basically one time of getting together and playing yeah. the game. A session like a, an appointment or of some kind. Yeah. Uh, mine started off as like I got the Stranger Things sort of starter kit and it came with a module. And I read it, and I went, oh, I'd really like to do this. Uh, and this was right around when COVID started. Uh, and I was pseudo, like, sort of alone in the woods. And I went, oh, but what if I just added in this thing? And I've done that for essentially three years. <laughs> and quickly, that one shot turned into a two shot. Okay, it was technically advised to be a two shot to three shot, this module. But it was sort of just, like yeah, we could do this. It came with like pre-rolled characters and, you know, a concrete story. Here's what to do. It, it gave you everything to do already. And that's perfectly fine if people want to play that. Like, I'm not saying, oh, well, I'm just so good for doing it. Like, I had nothing better to do when I was doing it. And I was like, oh, I want to create more to this. I want to add on to this. But like running a module Honestly, Loki, I wish I would have done it before jumping into my own homebrew stuff. Running a module is absolutely valid, especially for starting out. So what a module is, is essentially a pre-written campaign or mission that is set out by another publisher. Uh, There are a lot of ones that are provided by Wizards of the Coast that you can just purchase a book and run a game. You don't have to have any prior knowledge. Everything's in the book that you need. And this was, this Stranger Things one was a third-party publisher, yeah? 
Uh, I believe it was with Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast. So essentially a published book that came with everything you would need to play the game. So you don't even have to have DMing experience to start playing. No. But the counterside of module is homebrew, which got brought up. Homebrew is essentially just a D&D term that can sometimes be used in other TPRPGs, but it means that a rule to the game or a campaign setting where the story takes place, anything that is created by the dungeon master, who's the person who runs the game, for the players. Yes. So homebrew can be a homebrew setting, like mine, where the entire world is dreamt up by me, or a homebrew mechanic or campaign that changes slightly, differs from the rules as written, but isn't... It's just anything that's created by the Dungeon Master. You can, like, there's entire pockets of the internet, things like uh, Reddit and Pinterest is where I get a lot of, like, the inspirations for my stuff that are homebrews. Anything divergent from what is published by the original publisher is considered a homebrew. Yeah. And we can also talk about, um, in that sort of, like, homebrew versus module space, where can someone get involved? Like, let's say someone is listening going, oh, I kind of like D&D. What's, how do they know more about it? Um, I was fortunate enough to have like a club and people who knew me who were starting this club and were like, hey, come join. There's, I think now with the, the increasing popularity of D&D in like, the general populace. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's more clubs than I think are probably perceived to be out there. So, like, I know there's... If you want to dare go on Reddit and risk that, that are specifically, hey, I've got a great setting, or hey, I'm looking for a game. There's, I know, game cafes that are sort of middling in popularity. Yeah, a lot of places... I mean, if you live in a decent-ish city there's generally a board game store or just something around your area that you can try and check out we have some places here in lincoln i have some places back home but there are um stores that will generally run events if you look into it but there's a lot of opportunities and if you can't find something in person you can go on to online spaces and try and join online because dnd isn't doesn't need to be done in, in person. person. Yeah. I'm a proponent. I think it's much better and more fun that way, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. For me, D&D, like, yes, I get to tell a story. Yes, I get to play cool mechanics and be this fun person. D&D uh, for me is a lot about, like, hanging out with your friends and providing a fun thing for you guys to do. Uh, more so, like, it's an excuse for us to get together and enjoy something that we all, like, like doing. So for me, D&D &D is for the enjoyment and hanging out with friends. I like doing that in person. I like making stupid little props and gifts and seeing everyone's reaction in real time. I'm not opposed to playing online, though, if especially like in places where you have friends that are nowhere close to you. Or just like, hey, I'm, you know, vacationing. I have time. I'm in Arizona right now and you're in Washington. But, uh, I mean, you can still have just as much fun hanging out 
and or telling a fun story playing a game i think there's online dice i still use my real dice because i love dice much to his chagrin i love dice but kind of starting on like what do you need to play D D? and it wasn't D D, but i guess when i said i started in high school that's a little bit of a lie i started in middle school because my lunch table was just a bunch of nerds and during lunch while we were eating uh, a kid who sat across from me Declan, Ho- Declan Hoffel would just start t- talking about things and we would just pretend to be something because it's a role-playing game first and foremost where you pretend to be something so it was just us saying things and Declan saying yeah that works you you fish a, a really big bass out of the lake and just random stuff like that. You don't need dice to play. You need dice to play D&D, but you don't need to do it to make that story. I think it's it's part of the, I think, draw of the game is like you technically don't need anything to play a lot of game, a lot of TTRPGs. Yeah. And just so I can kind of open up the floodgates a bit, I have been playing Dungeons Dragons for however many years, and I am at the D&D veteran point of I wish I could play other games. Because as we kind of talked about, D&D is getting very popular. Mm -hmm. You talk about Stranger Things was one of the big upticks in popularity, which then led into the D&D movie, which just came out recently. That game, pretty popular as far as things go. But... D&D has kind of become this behemoth, this ivory Titan. tower of what a TPR, TTRPG is. But that doesn't necessarily have to be the only thing that you get when you play a TTRPG. There's a lot of fun options that are out there. Oh, absolutely. You want to talk about uh, Vampire the Masquerade? Uh, I'd love to. Just like we're going to go kind of spitfire, go through a couple of quick types of games that we like yeah uh vampire the masquerade it is this sort of hidden fantasy or like take on reality of like ooh, behind the scenes there is this society that people don't know about um that is essentially just different factions of vampires i know some people have included werewolves which i think is really interesting but humans that do or don't know about each other I think it's a really fascinating take on, like, fantasy role-playing games. And that one leans more into, like, social consequences of actions. It's less fighting-based and more of... Yes, it's a highly social game. It is more about that than, like, uh, like fighting or all-out just, like, combat. I don't care about this. It is mostly about, like... It is, the it is like, the Big Brother-esque, this is a social game. Yeah. And then kind of to spin to the reverse side of that, some more highly combat-based TPRPGs, there's Pathfinder, which has become another big kind of contender with D&D that has the same sort of mechanics. It's still a D20 system, but it uses a lot more, like, tough and hard to, like, complicated rules. It's more like, okay, if I'm firing from a higher position, I can get a better shot on my roll to hit this person and just very much combat-minded. And that's where D&D kind of started, was war games of, like, there's a lot of variety within 
tabletop RPGs that you can get a highly specific system that you can find and use that it doesn't have to be D&D. Because a lot of it has recently has been, oh, I want to make D&D but Star Wars. And so they adapt the rules of Star Wars into D&D when there's already systems out there that do that for them. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've seen plenty that are more, like, there is Star Wars but D&D in a very similar, like, instead of just a homebrew D&D setting, it is full-on mechanics of Star Wars in a way that is more palatable towards D&D players or, like, TTRPG players. And then there's, like, the homebrew Star Wars setting for D&D. I think it's really interesting that, like, I think people are more comfortable creating going through the work of creating a Star Wars setting or a Harry Potter setting or, you know, any sort of media setting for a game that they're comfortable with that they kind of know than, like, learning the rules of a new game or learning the mechanics of a new game that may be easier, even. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, some games are much easier. I'm also a big proponent for for someone who is, like, I don't know about D&D, but I think the idea of role-playing games with my friends might be fun. I don't have the experience of D&D to play. I'm going to recommend some one-page RPGs that I'm a big fan of. Uh, one-page RPGs are what they sound like. They fit onto one page, all of their rules, all of everything you need. Um, my personal favorite, the most fun I have ever had playing a game is a game called Honey Heist where you play as bears trying to steal honey. Bears. Bears. I just like the way that sounds. Bears. And that's it. You roll one regular dice that you can find in a Monopoly set, and that determines how well you do with something. You have two stats, bear and criminal. The more bear you are, the the better at doing bear stuff. The more criminal are, the more criminal stuff you can do. But it's just super easy and super simple um, another example is uh, Witch is Dead, which allows uh, you basically play like some small forest creatures trying to revive the witch that you are the familiars of by... Wait, uh, witch Witch? Uh, the Witch is Dead. Yeah, but which witch is dead? Oh, your witch. Oh, my witch. Nice. Um, and then finally one that we've played together, uh, Sexy Battle Wizards. That one is so much fun to play. Um... Where essentially you are playing... You have three stats. You have sexy, you have battle, and you have wizard. Think of it uh, for, like, charisma, how charming you are. Uh, Battle, as in toughness. Uh, And wizard, typically for intellect. But sexy, you got sexy, you got... So yeah, that's some starting information about how to play D&D. Or other TTRPGs. Yeah. It's just fun, yeah? I, yeah, I'm a huge nerd, so of course I like it, but even, we have a friend named uh, Kirby, who isn't a nerd, despite the, being named Kirby, who is literally just the most regular guy, gym bro, and even he loves just getting into playing around with friends. Yeah. It's for anyone who wants to play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And anyone who says, like, oh, you shouldn't play because of X, Y, Z, like, man, Screw that. Yeah. Like, if you want to play, play. Thank you, Moss. That was Stream of Consciousness.
Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thank you.